0: David Burles, for Team Sky, how difficult was it for Garant to pull out of the Giro d'Italia?
1: Not difficult at all, you know. I think I, I don't think he could continue to, quite frankly. Yeah. So uh, you know, it's, um, sometimes you need to. You know, he, he was in a lot of pain yesterday. You could see that. You know, he got dropped in a final yesterday on a, on a on a flat stage, and and he was uh, he was suffering quite a lot. So it was um, it was it was a, a quite an easy decision, really. Um, a disappointing one in terms of the whole sort of you know when you took a look at the broader bigger picture of the race. However, a straightforward decision um, in terms of he needs to get that knee sorted out and he needs some uh, good medical care so he's flown um, flown back today to start uh, a full assessment and treatment. Yeah.
2: Hello, thanks for joining Cycling Journals on the Road.
0: Reggio Emilia, the finish of Stage 12, the start of Stage 13 in the Lambrusco zone. I'm joined today by Rupert Guinness, who is pushing his way through. Hello, Rupert, how are you? Very good, thanks, Gregor. Yeah, Rupert's pushing his way through the Giro d'Italia, knocking out 100 interviews to celebrate the Giro's 100th anniversary the 100th edition excuse me Giro Rupert how many interviews have you done so far
2: well I've posted 55 so 45 to go I've got a couple in the bank but uh, uh, the, the second half of this, uh, this challenge is probably going to be a lot harder than the first but we've got 10 days to
0: finish it off there we are Rupert's relaxing on the bed we're at the Sun Hotel just in the outskirts of Emilia Romana and he's researching his next interview it should be up on his Facebook page soon check it out Again, uh, stage 13 starts today from Emilia Romana. We just had the stage 12 finish yesterday. Fernando Gaviria won his third sprint stage. Of course, we just heard from Team Sky there. Sad news today with the withdrawal of Geraint Thomas from this race, only 12 stages in, due to some shoulder pain and, above all, knee problems. It's just a big blow to to, uh, Team Sky, who's been trying to win this Giro d'Italia for so long after being dominant in the Tour de France year after year. Of course, Garant Thomas the Welshman crashed on the blockhouse stage Sunday, lost time in Bagno di Romagna. And again, yesterday, I think caught many of us by surprise, we were all watching the sprint. Rupert and I were camped out in the Team Sunweb bus, watching the sprint, and and we only realized later that Garant, of course, lost more time. Then this morning, the press release comes in. Thomas said i have had an issue with his with shoulder, which has been manageable, but my knee has also also been getting worse each day. Obviously it's never nice to leave a race early, especially when you're main when it's your main goal of the season. Uh, I'd love to continue, but it's important to recover rather than race. It's a big blow to Team Sky because of course in that in that blockhouse crash they also lost Spaniard Mika Landa Landa and Thomas came in as co captains for this Giro d'Italia, so to lose both captains in one crash was a double blow. Thomas, of course, started this race with good form. He just won the Tour of the Alps ahead of uh, Pino, Thibaut Pinot, who's uh, already flying in this race. And he had a f- and, uh, Thomas had a fifth place in Triano-Adriatico.
1: It would be harder if it was the last, if he's further into the season, if that yeah. makes sense, you know, because I think the further you go into the season and you lose an opportunity, there's nothing else to, to recalibrate and focus on. You know, I, I think ever since all of these riders, since they were young, right, sports in general, since since they're young, I think, you know, athletes are conditioned to, to deal with setbacks you know something happens they dust themselves down they recalibrate the goals and off they go again you know that's part of very much part of of um, of, of sport really so i think that most people are pretty good at that and of course the earlier it happens in the season uh, the better it is because there's still two grand tours to go there's still plenty of opportunities in the si- in the season and so we can um, you know just recalibrate and i think you do need to step off you know step out of the environment turn the page close the chapter and look forward and, and open another Start another one, you know, and um, and and we've seen it previously with Bradley, where he had a big disappointment, crashed out of the, uh, of the tour, broke his collarbone, if you remember, and um, and then bounced back into the welt and performed really well. So, you know, it's uh, there's some good examples there, and of course, being able to go into the tour with uh, with great, you know, hopefully with in, in great shape and good condition, is is an exciting
0: prof- prospect also.
2: You're listening to Cycling Journals
1: on the Road.
0: Garrett Thomas is turning thirty one next week and um, you know this was his first stab at leading a grand tour from the, from the get go and he, he'd worked all hard he worked hard all season to to be ready for this Rupert how, how much luck or should we say bad luck goes into winning a grand tour well
2: certainly I think to, to win a
0: grand tour you 've got to have a a race where you have
2: no bad luck or as little, as minimal of bad luck as possible um, and you know we, we've seen like with Garrett here. His crash obviously was the cause of his eventual downfall and his injuries, particularly his knee, and uh, it just goes to show how with a pedal stroke your whole campaign can be shot to pieces. But I think um, I think it's easy to underestimate. You know, I think it's easy for everybody outside uh, outside of the peloton to underestimate really just how hard yeah. it is to not just be prepared training wise for a Grand Tour, but to actually go through and be in contention in the
0: pointy end of a race. Right, and he had, of course, invested much in this Giro d'Italia from. The training camps at Altitude with Chris Froome in South Africa from uh, another altitude camp, I think, at Tenerife before the Giro, uh, races, and and the team was built around him and Mikel Landa. Landa finished third a couple years ago with Team Astana, and then last year he, he joined, and Landa, of course, had his own bad luck with stomach problems uh, midway into the race as well. So a team puts all this effort into a, into a grand tour, and then to have it just flushed down the drain by what was a motorcycle that was parked on the side of the road in Blockhouse. So it's a lot of effort to, to have it just flushed away like that
2: exactly i mean it's almost i mean it's slightly different circumstances but you know with bmc they came here with rowan dennis and his uh, demise was caused by a crash a rider just sort of clipping his wheel when they're in those echelons in stage three and uh, rowan had to pull out he had concussion in the end or uh, reportedly concussion and then obviously tj vanguarda and uh his his form has just obviously uh, waned completely and uh very interesting uh, interview but you know that TJ did with Andy Hood of from
0: yeah, VeloNews here yesterday. Yeah. yeah,
2: it was a quite. It was a really uh, revealing interview, and I recommend anyone to sort of get onto VeloNews.com and read it because it really says a lot about. It also reflects just the the, the, the bewilderment that an athlete can be in. You know, lost for answers, lost for direction. Now, um, yet they've put the, you know a team. It's not just our team's put all these resources in but going back to sky they've done it and uh, year after year they've come to the giro whether it's with bradley wiggins richie port now with Mikhail lander last year and this year Mikhail lander and geraint thomas all that ca- all that planning all the riders who ride for them the resources the strategies just just disappears like that
0: just like that, <laughs> uh, they should be confident about that because they've done it four times in the Tour de France, once with uh, Bradley Wiggins and, and three times with Chris Froome. Of course, they know they know what they're doing. The only thing they can't control are these outside factors like this crashes, and in this case, which which was something out, from outside of the race. When we discussed that in the last podcast, a uh, motorcycle sitting on the course. Um, and even Chris Froome, you know, he, he's been so successful in, in the Tour de France, winning, winning three tour titles. It's amazing that someone can get through what is nine weeks of racing and, and not have any major problems. But in 2014, of course, when, when Vincenzo Nibali won the race, we saw Froome, I think, crash twice even before they got on the cobbles in that Paris-Roubaix stage.
2: Yeah, exactly. I mean, and that was obviously a reminder to him and everybody as, as to how tenuous any Grand Tour contender's position in the race is. Um, just thinking back, you know, you think of someone like uh, obviously I followed Cadell Evans's career very right. closely, and Europe. the
0: Australian who won in two thousand eleven the Tour de France.
2: Yeah, exactly. And 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 one thing I remember about Cadell, and it was it, it was in hindsight after he won the Tour two eleven Tour de France, but I was thinking, gee, you know what? Cadell never actually said I want to win the Tour de France. He always said I just want to have an opportunity to have the best race possible with as least bad luck as possible, yeah, yeah, yeah. and really. That was one year he got that, 2.11. But uh, then you think of how many years in Grand Tours, not just the Tour de France, that he would line up and, uh, you know, be in the fray and then uh, something would go wrong. And then, you know, obviously uh, you know, people on the outside would question, you know, whether he's really got it or not. Um, you know, and I have to put my hand up, I think everyone sort of doubted Cadell somewhere along the line. But then when you think about it, it's, it's and I'm not just using Cadell as the only person, but he was an example of... The, the sort of the perseverance as a, that grand tour riders yeah. if they really believe themselves they've got to have so much perseverance because they just have to back up and back up and back up and go through the same preparation or 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 tweaked preparation but they still have to have that self belief
0: plays on you mentally and i think that that may be some of what we're reading on the on the Velo News article of TJ van Vangarderen mm-hmm. because of course he uh, rightly so sounded a bit down with himself he he finished 5th twice in the tour de france i think uh, one of those was with, with Team High Road HTC. The second time was with uh, riding alongside Cadell Levins, I, I believe. He kept trying to come back and back it up and back it up in the Tour de France. And this year, for the first time, the team sent him to the Giro d'Italia. Rowan Dennis was riding by his side and and, uh, and, and just couldn't do it and uh, was losing time, losing time. And then now, you know, he's, he's questioning whether or not he, sh- he should even be a Grand Tour rider. And so that's it's mentally hard on these riders to do that year after year. And I think that shows... Just what an accomplishment winning winning a Grand Tour is for a rider.
2: Yeah, certainly, and even not just winning a Grand
0: Tour, but also just
2: finishing regularly in, in 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 you know in the top end of a Grand Tour. Or perhaps I should to, to be fair to every rider to, to finishing a Grand Tour, because you think of uh, the riders who are not even the contenders, but the riders who are just on you know on the fringe of trying to stay in the time limit, who may be feeling ill or who who whose contract is. Dependent on them performing their job as a domestic for that rider, and they're absolutely busted when they wake up, thinking, "Oh my god, I can't, I can't ride today." But they have to, and you think, you can't think, you know that cliche. You know, often as journalists, we sort of laugh at it or roll our eyes when they say, oh, "I can only think one day at a time." It's a long way to Paris, or yeah. in this case, Milan. You think about it real. If you break it down, you think about you getting to this end of the second week of a Grand Tour. There's ten days to go, and there's a mount, week of mountains to come, yeah. and you're feeling absolutely crap. I mean, you don't want to think about. It. I can understand why they do say, "Only take it one day at a time," because if they don't get through today, they won't be there tomorrow.
0: Sure, like in uh, Froome's case in two thousand fourteen, we all talked about the cobbled stage. He never even made it to the cobbles. Or, or we, we talked about Thomas, what we could do and what he could do in this Grand Tour, and he never made it to the first mountain test, which was Blockhouse and It was really mm. uh, they didn't really test each other on, on that stage. And we we never saw it. So, you know, we'd kind of been anticipating what Thomas would do. And we were all getting excited how how he could do his his first shot as a Grand Tour leader. And and now, I don't really know when he'll have that shot again at the the Tour de France. He should be working for Chris Froome. They might, he'll probably prepare for the Tour de France as a a co-leader, just in case Froome has bad luck and this guy could turn to Thomas. He probably wouldn't likely go to the Vuelta, but that, that remains to be seen. So it's... It's a big uh, point in in Thomas's career again. Thirty one next week, and uh, you know had to pull out of the Giro d'Italia ahead uh, of stage thirteen.
2: You're listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.
0: We're in Reggio Emilia, the start of stage thirteen, uh, another sprinter stage, the last sprinter stage in this in this Giro d'Italia. I know we're looking forward to it, and we're looking forward to, to Saturday when the, when the race climbs up Europa. Um, today we're heading into, into Piedmont. Um, Near Fausto Coppi's homeland, and tomorrow we're we're also uh, going to head into where he was born, Castellania, mm. Castellania, and uh, we'll see, get a little get a little taste of Copi. Yeah, Go, going to
2: Castellania uh, years and years ago. One of the jew I came on. Myself and uh, John Wilcox and uh, we went we went there and paid a visit there. The the the, the Giro didn't go through the town then. We had to drive off 20 kilometres to go there. But we went to the town oh. and it was so quiet because there was no. It was like all the shops were closed. Everything was closed. I remember John and I just stood there and uh, and just you know it was, it was so peaceful. There was a couple of birds tweeting and then was the museum there at that time? Uh, no, I didn't see. No, I don't. I not think. Oh, I didn't see it. Put it that way. I just went there where the 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 uh, the, the grave or not the grave the. Um, Memorial was in the middle of the town, and we just took pictures of each other. But unfortunately, I've lost those pictures too. I would love to have had them. Today's stage is, you know, the last crack for the sprinters: yeah. Greipel, uh, Ewan, and Gaviria. And what's going to be interesting to see today is, okay, it's a flat sprinter stage, but this is the last roll of the dice for these guys. So it could be a really fierce sprint home. It will be, obviously, because it always is. But you know, after today it will be interested to see what will the sprinters do. Will they make it as far as Bergamo? There's nothing left for them to race no, for no. after. And will we see the annual
0: evacuation? Bergamo is the nearest airport, I think. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm think a lot of men might even pull up before Bergamo, mm-hmm. maybe uh, fly out of, out of Torino. I know Garrett Thomas took an early flight out this morning. The team got him on an early flight, uh, sent him home, and he will recover for the Tour de France. I wonder if he'll be in the in the Dauphiné, uh, if he'll race then or not, alongside Chris Froome in... in in June, maybe he'll go to the, the Tour de Suisse. And we'll see how uh, Sky gets on in this uh, Giro d'Italia. Landa tried stage the other day in Bagno di Romagna, so I think the team will be going for stage after stage in, as the Giro d'Italia pulls on. I'm anxious to see what happens. Uh, Rupert, let's let's get on down the road to Tortona, the finish of today's stage. Thanks for joining me, and uh, our listeners, please check out Rupert Guinness's Facebook page for those 100 interviews. I think he's up to around 50 or 55 now, so... Uh, Well, thanks for joining Rupert. Thanks Gregor.
2: Thank you for listening to Cycling Journals on the Road.